Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan introduced powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. Today, I welcome Amy Ostriker to the show. And before I bring her on, let me just tell you a little bit more about her. Amy is a PTSD peer-to-peer specialist, artist, author, writer for Huffington Post, brain speaker, award-winning health advocate, actress, and playwright, sharing the lessons learned from trauma through her writing, mixed-media art, performance, and inspirational speaking. She is the author and star of Gutless and Grateful, her one-woman musical autobiography, which has earned rave reviews and accolades since its New York City debut in 2012. Her writings have appeared in Washington Post and On Being, among others, and her story has appeared on Today, Cosmopolitan, and CBS. She's currently touring a mental health advocacy sexual assault awareness program to colleges nationwide. So welcome, Amy, to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited, and I think we connected through a Facebook group uh, for women speakers, if I remember that correctly. So Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. So where are you calling in from today, Amy? I am from the wonderful state of Connecticut. Yay, Eastside representing. <laughs> I love to give my audience a feel for where people are calling in. We have people calling in from all over the world and also listening from all over the world. So it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So, Amy, I know I read a ton about you. Oh my gosh, it sounds like you have a very interesting life me. going on. <laughs> Your life less interesting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So share more with me and my audience about your story and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. I, oh, my God. I'm in my own way too much. Um, so my story is, um, well, you know, I was kind of musical theater. That was my life as a teenager. Um, and, you know, like every self-assured teenager, and I think everyone, I had my life kind of planned out that I was going to go to college and study theater, and that was going to be it. Um, when mm-hmm. I was 15, I had a, a voice teacher who I, I really trusted, and, you know, he started molesting me when I was 17, mm. and I was completely out of my kind of range of even comprehension, and I mm-hmm. completely froze and just, you know, left my body and, and um, you know, don't really remember anything that happened except just feeling, like, terribly anxious and not even connecting that it had anything to do with what had happened um, for months, and I kept that secret um, until I finally told um, my mother because I couldn't, you know, take it anymore. And um, I, we were going to get therapy, and this was um, the April of my senior year. Um, and then two weeks after that, I just had a really bad stomach ache that just didn't go away. And um, everything escalated very quickly. Um, I ended up going to the emergency room um, for an x-ray because, you know, my father just didn't like how I was feeling. And um, I guess I'd gotten septus and uh, the fluid had gone to all my internal organs. And, um, you know, I guess the surgeon cut into me 
in the emergency room, and uh, my stomach literally hit the ceiling of the operating room because there was so much pressure building up inside my abdomen. And so I was in a coma for months, and, uh, wow. and I was, you know, I just got my college acceptance letters, and I hadn't really been sick. Um, and mm-hmm. so when I woke up, you know, the doctors told me that I had no stomach anymore, <laughs> and I couldn't eat or drink, and they didn't know if I'd ever be able to again. Um, so mm-hmm. that was my life changing overnight. <laughs> my life was in my own damn way. Um, uh-huh. And I think it was kind of my advantage that I had never really been sick before, so I wasn't really sure how to act like a patient. Um, so I just remember the biggest fear in my head was, you know, oh, my God, like, I'm not going to be relevant anymore. Like, I, I think as a performer, like, my biggest drive was, I wanted to connect and and make my mark on the world, and I felt like at 18, you know, I was going to be a has-been. So I Uh think that kind of filled me with just this manic drive to just keep going. And, and, you know, I was kind of faced with a grappling, you know, new reality, but I knew in my head that it was kind of just my job to get from day to day and not think about the big picture. And thank goodness I didn't because it turned into um, six years without food or drink. Uh, you know, obviously I was sustained on IV fluids and 27 surgeries uh, before they could figure out how to, you know, reconstruct my digestive system. Uh, but through all of this, what really, really empowered me um, was creativity. Um, it was a way that I could find control in a situation where I didn't really have control, you know, and um, I ended up calling this a, a beautiful, all of this, a beautiful detour in my life, which is, if you Google me, you'll just see lots of detour, detour all over the place, um, <laughs> because, um, you know, I didn't always feel like that, but... You know, for a while, obviously, I thought, like, why me? Why me? You know, why did this have to happen? But, you know, after over a decade, I've seen that this has led to, you know, people I never would have met. It's, you know, when you're kind of forced to explore new avenues, uh, when you can't do what you've always done. You know, I got into visual art. Um, I, I learned, you know, resilient skills that I never even knew I had. And, um, Actually, I ended up going back to what I love. You know, I to cope with not eating and drinking, um, I would just journal for hours and hours and hours and write thousands of pages. And then in 2012, I took those old journal entries and some songs, and that's um, my one-woman musical I put together, and I debuted it in New York called Gutless and Grateful. And that was really just my way of, you know, I wanted to you know, go back to theater um, and share my story in the medium I love best. Um, But what I didn't expect was people would actually relate to my story and not think of it as this just extreme freak, you know, stomach exploding thing, but they could actually relate to the emotions I experienced. You know, they could relate to the pain and the uncertainty. We all deal with uncertainty. And just knowing that my story was relatable was actually a huge part of my healing process. And then I realized, like, wow, we heal from anything when we have that empathy. You know, like when people can actually, you know, empathize with where we're coming from. And then I realized that, wow, you know, storytelling has the power to kind of change communities. You know, if we all 
know that we have a story worth sharing, you know, that's how we connect. You know, that's how we feel that kind of universal compassion. And I, you know, and I know that, you know, in trauma, you know, you stay sick when you feel like, oh, my God, I'm the only one dealing with this. Uh-huh. Um, so that's really what inspired me to transform the pro, um, my show into more of a mental health program. You know, I got very into psychology. I, I started wondering why I was feeling the symptoms I did, and I started being curious about the ways that I had intuitively, you know, healed myself through creativity, through sharing my story. And I learned that, you know, wow, these, you know, these are things that help a lot of people. Um, so now the coolest thing is I get to do what I love. I get to perform. But, you know, now I'm also taking the show to colleges and conferences and organizations as, as like a mental health and sexual assault uh, prevention program where I'll do the show and then I'll talk about what I've now <laughs> called my, my four kind of hardcore survival strategies, um, which are um, gratitude, creativity, hope, and sharing stories which I've learned those are like the four real kind of things that helped me through this. Um, and so, you know, like I say in my show, it's it's cool that I can always, you know, be the same performer I always wanted to be when I was 13, but, you know, now with a greater gift to give, and, and that's a story to tell. And then kind of mm-hmm. my goal is to show that, you know, our stories, you know, they may get in our own damn way, but but we can actually use those. Um, you know, actually, I started on social media hashtag uh, Love My Detour, and the mission statement behind that is it's a campaign inspiring people to flourish, not in spite of obstacles in their life, but but because of them. And I think uh-huh. that's the most important part. So. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. That was quite an overview. I, I love it. And I love how you're able to just say, yeah, this happened and I got through it because that's, it's so empowering to, like you said, to be able to share your stories and to um, not only for your own healing, but understanding that people are relating to that in such a way that it inspires their healing. So, I mean, what an amazing journey you've been on. And it's still going, <laughs> yes. but but that's the nature of you know detours, and I think it's a good mindset to you know it keeps you in like a ready stance, not in like a neurotic way, but but <laughs> it kind of gives you the perspective that you know life life can change, and it can go the way you don't expect and a way you really don't want to, and you know especially now you know there are things that happen that I go oh my God why did this have to happen. And it's so easy mm-hmm. to talk about, but what it really takes is mindfulness and, like, an awareness um, and a willingness to, like, be in the moment and take it just one step at a time and not think about the big picture. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned, you know, when life takes, like, an annoying detour. You know, you really have to not think ahead and just say, I am just going to make it through till the next day. And, again, uh-huh. it's, like, it's the easiest thing to say. It's so hard to do. <laughs> but, you know, just, it is, but it is crucial. Yeah, absolutely. I, I teach the same thing, and, and it is. And, and and even in my own practice, I have challenges with it because life does get in the way and my own thoughts get in the way. So, But it, it, when we can stop and, and really pay attention to what's happening, we get so much information about um, – how we're doing and how we can move through it. And and I like that perspective you have of not 
um, focusing on the big picture. And whereas I, I think it's important to do that and sometimes, but when you're going through something right now that is hard and challenging, um, it's really difficult to focus on anything other than what's going on right now. So bringing that mindfulness and that awareness is so crucial. Right. I mean, if you want an extreme example, when I couldn't eat or drink, if you had told me then it was going to be years, I would have said, okay, I'm done, goodbye, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but in my head, I remember I would um, I would say every night to myself, okay, in two weeks, I'll be drinking ginger ale. I said that from my bed in the ICU, and believe me, it was not two weeks, you know, and then uh-huh. I, when I got home from the hospital, I'd make, like, big countdowns on my wall that said, like, you know, seven days so I can eat again, six days, five days, and that's why in my presentations, I talk about why hope is such a critical survival skill that sometimes all hope is is really just lying to yourself. And that's what I was doing, but I think it's our job as people to just, you know, all we have to do is take it one day at a time. It's not our job mm-hmm. to think everything out, you know, but it is our job to just get to the next day. <laughs> I love that. It's not our <laughs> job to think everything out. Well, you know, it's like who gave us that job? I think we accept that job at a certain point in our lives, and we think that we not only have to think everything out, but we have to think it for other people and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and for the world. So I, I love that. Cortex. <laughs> that makes us uh-huh. a little different than animals. <laughs> but yeah. I, I also find that in healing from trauma. That, um, you know, I, I read a book that really changed my life called Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine. And yep. he, you know, his whole thing is he studied why, you know, animals get traumatized all the time, but they don't get stuck in post-traumatic stress disorder. And what, what makes that different? Um, like an animal, when, you know, it's attacked, it, it'll play dead. Um, but, um, but then afterwards, when a threat is gone, what the animal will do is it will just run and run and run with this insane amount of energy for hours until that energy is kind of dissipated and it mm-hmm. restores back like it's balanced. And he realized that the difference between animals and humans is when animals are traumatized in the, in the wild, you know, that, that energy they have becomes stuck energy. But they'll know instinctively that they have to get that energy out and kind of release it back into the world and come back to you know, a normal balance. But uh, with humans, the difference is we do have a cerebral cortex. So we we think ourselves, we freeze ourselves from thinking. So we'll stay in the trauma um, by, you know, being traumatized and we'll feel all that energy, but we won't just, like, run for hours like animals. Instead, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll think about it. And that, that thinking yeah. is actually what freezes us and keeps us stuck. So It is, yes. I, I've um, studied some of um, that work as well, and, and it's, it's really fascinating how they, they help people kind of dispel that energy. Did you um, go through any exercises? For, for how to do that, or is that kind of the process that you're Oh, yeah. About I mean, for created? me, you know, reading that book really helped me because, like, an example was, like, when I was, you know, in in my traumas, I would always just feel this, like, manic energy that I, I just didn't know what to do with, and it was scary, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, you know, when we've been through trauma, we feel all this pain and, and anger and sadness that 
that we try to numb out from. And I became like the queen of just like numbing out my emotions because I, I had all this energy that, that I really was trying to run away from. Um, until like I started reading Peter Levine and realizing, wow, any like ugly emotion, like that's energy. Just like joy and like happiness are like energy. And it's all the same energy. So what I have to do is just find ways to transform like the bad energy into good energy. Um, so mm-hmm. like a big thing for me was like I numbed out like a ton through like, you know, I started just, um, you know, a lot of like compulsive exercise. Like I just could not like that was my way of kind of like, you know, just like not dealing with any of my emotions. And then like that's where creativity really helped me because I'm like, oh, you know, all of this, you know, negative energy, I don't have to, like, literally run away from it. Like, it's the same energy that I can express this fear or sadness through, like, a painting. And and I think, you know, the job was finding safe ways to be with those emotions and, mm-hmm. and feel that energy. Because, you know, we all find ways to, you know, repress, like, you know, our anger and sadness. You know, we'll numb ourselves on social media or TV or, mm-hmm. or alcohol or anything like that, but but what I realized is you can never, you know, make room for the joy in your life until, you know, you find ways to be with the bad. I think that's the nature, and, you know, that is how you get in your own way when you're not willing to, you know, look at all of that, because it's a part of you, and it becomes a part of yes. you. Yes, and unless you can dispel it some way. And, and it's not only to say, like, you, you don't get rid of the energy and then the energy is gone or the memory is gone forever because that still stays with you. But it, I think the trick is realizing that every time it comes up and it becomes um, what I call that choice point of either do we say stuff or we do something different, right? So we right, always right. have the – and that's where that awareness piece comes in of continually bringing awareness yep. to what's going on for you because then you can decide. Because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, Amy, sometimes I want to stay stuck in my craft and sit on the couch and binge watch Netflix. Like that's – that's and it's a choice. It's a choice, right? And I, and I tell people, <laughs> listen, like – like, you can, I have my age where all I want to do is just cross my arms and, like, be mad at the world. And you can have that. I think that's normal. It's like taking a little break on, like, a plateau as you're traveling. You know, you just have to get back on. And I'll have yeah. those days where I just, you know, don't want to do anything. Um, right. I think that's normal. I think if we just pushed ourselves, you know, that's not such a great idea either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's having that choice and and realizing. And what I what I also say is it's it's accepting the consequences of your choice. So first you have to be aware that you have a choice, that it is a choice, and then you have to be able to go, okay, well, what are the consequences if I do this versus this? And sometimes I'm willing to take the consequences of taking a day off, right? And and other times I'm willing to take consequences of pushing through or doing the thing to dispel the energy or to tap into my creativity because as, as I, I think you know, I'm also a creative person, I'm a singer-songwriter, and I totally understand that idea of using those creative talents. Oh, yeah, you know, and I, I write feeling. songs as well, and I, I remember um, a few years ago I wrote 30 songs in a month because, you know, it was such a huge part of my healing process. I it was a really hard time in my life, and I would wake up so early, and I would get so scared to start the day, and I immediately just, like, had my guitar there, and I, I wrote my lyrics, and it just got me through that entire period. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it can be so great to have that. And, and you know, a lot of people that I work with um, also fall on the other side where they're not necessarily artistically creative, but there are so many ways that we can bring creativity into our healing that don't have to do with drawing or singing or, you know, creating a one-woman musical show <laughs> like you do. Yeah, there's, I always think there's so many ways. You know, it's a way of yeah. seeing things really. It's a way to express ourselves that doesn't have words. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. completely Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to be. I love what you said. What was it, a beautiful detour? Is that what you called it? It is, my beautiful detour. Also the name yeah. of my up book. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just... It's so inspirational to to finally get to talk to you, um, you know, the, the woman behind the bio, right? Because um, I know yeah, you said... Big bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I love it. I love your... So, such an inspirational story. And you said that you're touring now to uh, different colleges, right? Um, Anywhere, to tell you the truth. Um, colleges, obviously not during the summer. Um, but um, conferences, I just did National Health, I National Mental Health America Conference. I was mm-hmm. the keynote speaker for um, uh, the uh, International Conference of Diversity and Disability in Hawaii, which is kind of cool to say. I did my show in Honolulu. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, and I book myself. People don't believe it because I'm kind of all over the place. But I spent, eventually I should probably hire someone when I can afford that. But, um, I, you know, I book myself, and so, you know, if anyone is interested, you know, and I do schools, I do fundraisers, anything, you know, you just send me a note, and we will figure it out. But for me, that's just been so fun for me. I bet. And do you, do you find um, that the and this just kind of popped into my head just um, for someone, because I've also done the whole kind of um, working away from home type of thing. Do you find it... Um, difficult or do you have ways to kind of help keep with the things that you know are going to help you move through any stuckness or any um, any getting in your own damn way while you're on the road? Uh, like examples? Yeah. Do I, no, just rephrase your question. <laughs> so when you're on the road, I know for, I'll just say it maybe a different way. So when I'm... Um, you know, working um, in my home area, right? So I have my routines and my rituals and the things that yeah. help keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. But when I'm traveling, it's sometimes difficult because everything's different. Right. Well, so that's wonder- hard for me because I have, like, medical circumstances, too. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, and I have dietary things. Like, you know, I because I don't have, like, the most perfect digestive system, I only absorb 20% of what I eat. So I have to eat 8,000 calories a day, which is kind of fun, but not when I'm traveling. Like when I mm-hmm. went to Hawaii, we shipped out like three boxes of food in advance because I also have to have like special stuff sometimes. So that's always a pain. And you know, I still have like an open wound from a surgery that that hasn't healed for like five years. So you know, I have to carry like an emergency bag of supplies. So the truth is, it is hard for me because I have to think about things that most people don't. Mm-hmm. So it can be tiring, and, you know, I like my comforts of home, too. So that's why I do try to space things out where I can be home for some. Like, I, I couldn't just, you know, straight, you know, do on the road. Like, I'm a family person, too. So, you know, I need I need to space things out, you know, for me. 
you know, I think the mm-hmm. important part to not get in your own way, you have to think about, like, okay, like, what, what do I need, you know, to really yeah. make this, you know, good for me. Right. And I love that. So that's just a practice in taking care of yourself while you're out there is just kind of knowing what your, what your limits are, what's going to be best for you and your circumstances and regardless of, of your circumstances. So we all have our thing. We all have things that are not good for us and we know that. And even if, you know, other people can get away with it, we can't. Like it's really important to know what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and then to be able to somehow transfer that when you're in a different situation like traveling to be able to um, modify whatever routines that you need to do. Exactly. Well, wonderful. Well, Amy, we are just about out of time, um, but I want to make sure that that people have a way to to get in touch with you if they would like to learn more about your beautiful detour and all the wonderful work that you're doing. Yeah, um, so my website is amyoes.com, and definitely send me a note. I would love to hear from you. Uh, there's a few things you can do on my site. Uh, first of all, you can learn more about my show. Uh, that's my website slash uh, gutless. Um, but also, um, you know, anyone that's had a detour in their life, I have a weekly feature uh, called Why Not Wednesday, where I detourist. Um, just write anything about any detour in their life. It does not have to be a life-altering trauma. It could be like, oh, a job that you didn't expect to learn something from. I have about 100 stories now from every week, and they're just so beautiful. Um, so I'd love to hear from you. And um, also, you know, another project I'm doing is I'm premiering um, a full-length uh, autobiographical drama uh, based on my family in the ICU and based on the process of healing from PTSD through art. Um, I think it makes PTSD really accessible for the for the community, um, and it it's, um, hopefully will touch a lot of people. But uh, I am kind of hoping for any support I can get. So I've started a a Patreon account where I'm creating art every day in honor of PTSD awareness. So you can pledge a dollar a month, anything, or you can just share the page. But it's um, patreon.com slash emio, and I would love any support because I am really needing funding for this show. Uh, but, but yes, yeah, send me a note either way. I'd love to hear from you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Do you have any last-minute tips for my audience on how to get out of your own damn way? Yes. Um, there's more details on this on my site, but my greatest kind of, you know, tool that helped me in the hospital, I made a page A to Z, and I made a gratitude list every day. And that was actually how I started getting in touch with my values again when my life had changed overnight. Um, I think it's a really good kind of practical tool that just kind of reminds you of who you are when life changes. Because I think the most important thing to remember when life changes is that we're not those circumstances. We are our values. Um, and I rediscovered that through making uh, these just A to Z gratitude lists, just forcing yourself. And sometimes it's not fun, but you know what? Life isn't always fun. You get to the fun part. Of <laughs> you got to make it to the next day, right? <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Amy, so much for sharing your story with us.
Thank you. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes where people will share their powerful stories of how they've learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. And get even more great tips on how to get out of your own damn way by taking Creelan's free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.